What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a MetaBros, MetaZoo, and TCG podcast. This is uh, something new that we're trying out, and we're going to be doing extended episodes for our patrons, and we're just going to release some of these episodes for everybody to see because I feel like more people need to be talking about what's going on in the MetaZoo and TCG community. So we're just going to kind of scroll through. Uh, my brother and I, Metacrax, is here as well. And we're just going to kind of scroll through the MetaZoo news and talk about some things that have been going on over the past month. And then later we'll get into some TCGs that we're into. So, yeah, let's get started. First thing I wanted to say is in case you guys aren't in the Discord, you got to join. Mm-hmm. So let us know. We'll send you an invite if you can't find one. Mike, the owner, is doing an hour-long question and answer session every Wednesday and every Sunday. I believe at noon mm-hmm. Eastern time. He's he's varied the time here and there, but... He comes in and makes it clear in the in the Discord. He'll say like, "This is what MetaZoo hour or something." Yeah, and he'll take questions like and ask me anything. That's exactly what it is. So we've learned a lot from these just sitting in them, and it's a little overwhelming because so many people are asking questions. The yeah. chat seems to fly, but he does a pretty damn good job about you know actually interacting with people, getting them answers, and keeping things real light and yet informative. So. Uh, one of the biggest things that I want to talk to you guys about um, is the pins, which mm-hmm. you guys know. Uh, the pins dropped, and there was 10,000. There were 10 pins. So that's a total of 100,000 pins. They were each $15. So in a couple hours, there was $1.5 million worth of pin money that went through Pin Club and MetaZoo. Yeah. Which I think is pretty profound. Yeah, and I know a lot of us, I don't know if you guys were actually like sitting there watching the pin drop, (laughs) pun intended. Um, But when the pins dropped, they didn't really sell out like the other MetaZoo merch that we've seen. Um, But other MetaZoo merch that we've seen had lower print numbers, you know. And we were all kind of still talking and figuring out the pin print numbers as we were buying them. And uh, it was a little nerve wracking because we all got some pins and then they didn't sell out. And it's like, cool, I'm glad that more people are getting it, but just how many pins did they make? And then one by one, Mothman went, and then we actually walked away because we got what we want. And when we came back a little later, all of them were gone. Every single one. Within a couple hours, maybe three. Yep. And now there's crazy pin sets going up on eBay that are like just orders. It's like guaranteed order, full set of pins. What was it, $900? It's I insane. I think that's the going price. I don't know if we've had a Look sale. Yeah. Right there. Complete MetaZoo pin club set, $900 plus 420 shipping. <laughs> okay. So that's like 10X almost. I mean, the pins were 15 each. So here we have real sales. So they're 15 each. Yeah. They're going for like three times the price. <clears throat> and I'm going to assume that they're only going to increase considering that these are just pre-orders right out of the gate. These are the paper hand people who are just trying to flip and make a little bit of money. So here's right. a set at 279, basically a 5X. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still pretty good. And there's more good. pins coming. Now, this pin set, there were 10 to collect. However, yep. with the pin drop that's coming up, and you guys know that Nightfall pin drop is in two days. It's one of the reasons that we wanted to make this video because yeah. there's so much happening between the first pin club and the Debrew shirt line and mm-hmm. the tops announcement. So the next pin drop is on the 24th. 
and it is going to be a blind box. So you don't know which pin you're getting. I believe. I think it actually might be the 25th. I'm going to check this right now. Yeah, I'm going to scroll let's make sure on through all this shit. Um, just to make sure we're giving you guys the real information here. Uh, Nightfall spoilers. Here we go. So 25th. Yeah. Sorry, guys. 25th, 11 a.m. Eastern. 8 a.m. Pacific. So we got to wake up early again. And this time it looks like there's 15 pins to collect. But we won't know which pin we're buying. Right. Now, each pin comes with two promo cards. It comes with the actual pins promo card. And then it comes with a random another pins promo card. Yes. And if I'm correct, there's also an additional prize potentially. So the way that it's it seems to be panning out is that the promo cards I'm not sure that all of the creature beasties that we're seeing in the silhouettes are actually rares because Mike has said that the rares will be hollow. So there's going to be hollow rares in the pin set. There might be some non-hollow uncommons. I'm not sure. But with the actual pins, there's definitely going to be special edition rare exclusive pins. He mentions it in the discord with words such as special metals, question mark, um, holographic question mark so there's definitely going to be some pins that are amazing and then there you can see the gold rarity cards will be holographic so there will probably be some non-gold rarity cards that are not holographic within the promo set important to note but all the gold rarities will be holographic and then you got these bonus pins glow in the dark question mark i mean come on this is going to be super cool i'm going to read this there this is straight from mike there will be blind boxes with more pins you can get than the base set pin collection. Mm -hmm. So there's pins that they're not even showing us the silhouettes to. So these are the surprises. Yep. You don't even know what you're going to get. Right. There will be secret rare varieties included in the boxes, glow in the dark, special metals. Is it still one promo per pin? It is, excuse me, still one promo per pin plus one mystery promo. And yes, the gold rarity cards will be holographic. Wow. Yeah. So with this one, we did both get full sets of the first pin drop. Uh, this one, I don't think I'm going to go as heavy because it's randomized. And I just want to have kind of like a booster box, yeah. one on my shelf, maybe one to open. Uh, and I don't know. That, yeah. that might be it. I might just get uh, five or ten. I yeah. don't know. Well, I mean, with all the bonus pins, it's going to be really hard to actually get the full set. We don't know how many pins there are. Uh, let's say there's 18, you know, if there's 15 in the base set, then maybe there's 18 total pins. They come in blind boxes. So to guarantee that you're going to get all 18, it would be 18 times 18. I'm not really sure what the math is on that, but that's a lot of boxes. <laughs> that's like almost what? 460 boxes, something like that. It's yeah, something like that. It's a lot of boxes to guarantee that you're going to get everything. So I think this is part of Mike's strategy is create something that's so exciting and collectible, but also like is legit going to be hard to get a full set of. And once people start opening these and we start seeing what the glow in the dark special metal pins are, I mean, people are going to freak out. Who you're knows gonna what's going to happen with these pins. things? He's creating all these chases. And that's the unique thing that I love about MetaZoo. That's why I think it's going to last is because in between the sets, we're not just waiting on the TCG. There is so much to explore and to just geek out on and collect right. and trade and just look forward to. We also have plushies coming, I believe, in October. Before nightfall, I think 
we heard that they're going to be plushies dropping. He confirmed plushies, but that's really all we've heard. We don't know when. Yeah. All right. We do know, though, that there is a top set. <clears throat> coming on the 30th. Yeah. Series zero. And it's not an actual box. It's a booster pack. They're calling it a booster. They're calling it a box, but think of it like the release event box where it's really just going to have some cards in it. It's not, we're not talking a booster box here. We're talking about a collectible box that has each pack contains 30 cards, right? Exactly. It actually says each box right. contains one pack with 30 cards. Mm -hmm. And then it says, look for special inserts. So here's our guess. I believe it. Is that one? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Our guess is that they are going to include NFTs, non-fungible tokens, in with the Topps MetaZoo. Total guess, speculation, here's why. Topps has announced that they won't be releasing, or excuse me, that they will be releasing their sets, their standard sports sets, with NFTs moving forward permanently. They make money on the NFT sales after the initial release, as people trade them and buy them from each other, the original owner or maker, in this case, Tops, gets 10% royalty on every transaction in perpetuity. So it's a great investment because every trade that'll ever happen, they'll be making money. So they've said, they've stated as a company, they are moving into NFTs heavily and permanently with all their sets. If MetaZoo is included, and I believe we're guessing, specking that it will be, we could see Nightfall NFTs or special edition NFTs, or maybe they're just going to give away some of the NFTs that are still sitting on Mintable we'll through Tops. We'll see. And this is what's really driving our speculation here is that Mike has stated multiple times in the chat and in interviews that they have big plans for NFTs. And that got us to Google finding on Mintable there are NFTs right now. There's MetaZoo official NFTs and even confirmed it with Mike. Like, are these official? And he said, yes. So like MetaZoo already has NFTs up that they're offering to us. You know, gas prices vary in things. So the gas we, prices we, are a nightmare, guys. The gas yeah. prices will keep you out of it. Yeah. Do not buy an, an NFT unless it is a weekend in the middle of the night. Yeah. We got our NFTs for approximately $75 to $110 average. And it's because we waited. Uh, I saw gas prices because the gas prices vary depending on how uh, many people are trading on the Ethereum market. I saw them as high as $300 just before the evening where we got ours for 75. Yeah, it's important to pay attention to gas prices. If you're not familiar with it, I definitely like do a little Google search and familiarize yourself because depending on where you are in the world, it'll be different times for the cheapest gas prices. And it, it varies all the time anyway, because it's all driven by the market. So he's starting to pull up some of the NFTs. You can see that MetaZoo has going already. I mean, Chupacabras, Sasquatch, it's super cool stuff. But this is like their early prototype NFTs. And Mike has said they have big plans and Topps has said they have big plans. And now MetaZoo and Topps are doing a release. I definitely think that it's a, it's a good possibility that these packs will have a code card for an NFT in them. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that there are rare cards that are tied to NFTs and we'll be able to enter a code and get one, but we'll see who knows. Who knows? I also want to point out something real quick. If you go to Mintable and you search MetaZoo, I want to just show you how you get to the whole gallery in case you don't know. Click on any of the NFTs that are actually owned by MetaZoo Games. In this case, it's owned by someone else. So you want to go to the MetaZoo Games store, scroll down, 
it always takes time to load. It says there's items, there's no items for sale in the store. There are, just give it a second, it takes a moment. And then you scroll down till you find one that is the store MetaZoo games and the owner MetaZoo games. Click on that and then click on where it says seller MetaZoo games. This is the only way to see their full gallery. It's a little confusing. The UI is not as friendly as other places yet. I'm sure they're gonna figure that out. But once you get into their full gallery, then you can click on the items listed for sale or you can look at the sold items. Um, I always go for sale and then I always list from uh, oldest to newest. And this will allow you to see the more rare pins. There were one of 10 Mothman pins made. There were one of 50 uh, Squonk pins. Um, I believe the Salem's Witch, the Joint Snake, the GG Bird. And then there's one of 100 pins like Ketz, like Choop and like Bigfoot. That's pretty much the entire line right now. They have, I think, like 10 or 15 out. It's almost like the pin line. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just to be clear, these are not pins. They are like gifts. You know, they're like these things that you can own and use. And there's a big future for NFTs that's still being explored right now in general. But imagine being able to use these as your own personal emoji or something. Which you I've know? already seen. I saw someone in the Discord uh, was complaining and they dropped the, uh, the squonk NFT, which mm -hmm. just looked hysterical to see like right. the super sad squonk. Like super like, sad face. Oh, I missed the pre-order. Right. Exactly. That's what's, that's what, that's the value in these NFTs. So hopefully we'll see, but it'd be so cool to get some new ones or some access to these with the tops release. There are only about seven squonks left. Yeah. Squonk is definitely going to be one of the most popular because of its uh, utilization. You can just use Squonk as a sad face. You can use Squonk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I missed out FOMO, whatever. Like Squonk is so easy to use as a GIF. And I think we're going to see it a lot. And then you can also imagine because NFTs get into this whole Decentraland, like the mana crypto, there's a digital space. If I understand this correctly, and if I don't, Tell me, there's a digital space where you can create your own shop, your own digital storefront, like your own museum, imagine. So MetaZoo will have its own building in the digital space of Decentraland. And you can go there and you can see their specific NFTs that only they own in their museum, where you will see the one of 10 Mothmen, or maybe all 10 of 10. Or if you happen to own an NFT from them, then you can put it in your space. Like we could make a Mana Brothers bar or a right. Meta Brothers bar, excuse me. And we could then hang up the NFTs that we own in the background. And mm -hmm. we would be those, you know, one of 50 or one of 100 people in the world who could have that as our digital wallpaper in our personal space. Right. Uh, I think the only other one really that is as impressive as Squonk, like universally, I'm of course the Mothman, which by the way, the Mothman NFT, the only one for sale in the market right now is up to $60,000. Yeah. So that's where, that's why we're saying these things are worth grabbing for 75 to a hundred. And you don't really pay for the NFT. You just pay for the gas fee. Right. Mike has listed all of these at less than a dollar. Right. He's basically giving them away for free if you're willing to pay the Ethereum tax just to get it into your wallet. Right. I think it's totally worth it. I did hear someone request to move <laughs> it to a different uh, crypto, like wax potentially to get the gas prices cheaper. He said he's looking into that, but there hasn't been anything confirmed yet. So this is the only place to grab them. And look, guys, this is, uh, I think we should say this. I think we should say this. We have a secret theory on Mike's approach to MetaZoo that we actually think Mike is trying to make poor nerds rich. Yep. 
we actually think that's what he's trying to do. Not just make a game that's super collectible, make a game that's super collectible and has these secret avenues of income if you're paying attention so that if you're on it, you can make money on this now. Like imagine if Pokemon, when it was first coming out, said, we're going to be Pokemon, said, we're going to be the biggest shit you've ever seen and was right. And they gave you all these opportunities to get this exclusive merch and they threw it in your face and said, please, please, you're going to make money. Please buy the thing. That's what MetaZoo is doing right now. MetaZoo is showing you all these things. The deeper you dig, the more you find. You start to turn up NFTs. You start to see all these partnerships that they have. Like this stuff is going to gain so much value. And Mike is a crypto collectible genius. He is trying to make us rich us poor nerds who are just like into games and want the cool shit. He's giving us an opportunity to be able to do that way more through MetaZoo. And he's giving us more than one opportunity. It's not like there's just a stock, like a single stock that you get in on and then it goes up. There are so many side opportunities from yep. the Halloween promo packs yep. that are now 5X'd all over eBay and no one has even received them yet. Um, the Uncle Sam uh, barbecue. Yeah, that instantly uh, five to ten x everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was a five dollar card. Now it sells for fifty to one hundred consistently. Um, the backpacks, which he removed from the market, which are now increasing in price. The hoodies, which he removed from the market. He's doing all these temporary special things, so everyone has a chance to get on the ground floor of whatever they're attracted to, invest in it, and be able to save it and feel great about it, or potentially, if you need to, flip it, make some money. Get some more MetaZoo. Right. It's a pretty special time. It's really amazing. It's it's the first game to be doing it this openly, I think. And I mean, even not that openly. He's mostly just, you have to read into what he's saying in interviews and really like listen to the guy. Because he is, he is very carefully crafting an extremely collectible, extremely fun, extremely appealing game. And he's offering us all an in right now. The uh -huh. earlier you get in, the better. For instance, there's only 3,000 tops, right? packs, boxes, whatever you want to call it. There's only 3,000 that are going to be made. And we know that the top site is being raided by bots constantly. So I don't know what the likelihood is. We have no idea. Any of us can even you know, secure one of these tops packs, but we're going to go for it. We're going to try. And this isn't going to be the only tops release. Apparently, this is something that if it goes well, yep. Mike will be doing a tops release. This is series zero every single set it isn't even series one like this is <laughs> talk about something that we should all be trying to get the series zero of metazoo and tops it's crazy and then consider that the supply on the kickstarter run was 2500 boxes and on the tops run it's going to be 3000 packs that's yeah, a very right. similar scarcity yep it's almost like this is a kickstarter with tops in a way <laughs> they are testing this yeah that's this exactly a test batch, but he's allowing us to buy some um additionally the pin sets we went over this i want to just touch back upon this only ten thousand people in the world can have a full set of the pins right from the, the the first release of the pins um in the cryptid nation first edition i believe there are approximately eight thousand full hollow mothmen i might have these numbers slightly off but if i'm right about this in the original chaos run there were 800 full hollow mothmen and then they times it by 10 for the first edition cat for the first edition cryptid nation run so we had 8000 so that means that there's only about 8000 people in the world who can have a full cryptid nation set mm -hmm. 
It's just, it's just, I'm, I'm just looking at these numbers. You know what I mean? There's only yeah. 20, there's only 800 people in the world who can have a Kickstarter full set. Right. There's only 8,000 that can have a first edition cryptid nation set. And there's only 10,000 people that can have all 10 pins. Right. These like increments of like 10, you know, 50, a hundred, a thousand. These, these are all even increments. Really interesting to see how Mike is testing the market mm-hmm. to see if we'll saturate it or not, if we'll buy it up. And uh, everything so far has just been disappearing. I think everyone is speculating that this game is going to be here in 20 years. This isn't just FOMO. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, that's always part of it, but it feels good buying this product. Whenever I get it, I don't, I don't really want to sell it, man. I haven't opened a single booster box yet. I just love having it. I believe in it. And I want to see what happens. I've opened booster boxes. Yeah, you have. I, I have to. It's part of my contract with the booster gods. I've spent about the price of a booster box, almost $400 now That's on true. cards. I probably should have just opened a box, but there would have been so much trading and flipping to buy the card. I just got what I needed. We'll see. I still need more growths. I, uh, I would definitely love to have a power up red because that's going to be a nightmare when I see you have <laughs> one and I don't. True. Um, let's see. That's pretty much it for the MetaZoo like, yeah. news update. You know, like if you guys want to apply for any of the medals, you can, but you're probably already up on that. If, if you're eligible for a medal, you're probably aware you're eligible for a medal. But the ones that are most accessible for, um, you know, us normal people are like the, by normal people, I mean, people who weren't in on the Kickstarter would be the content creator medal. If you're doing videos uh, or podcasts like this, you can apply for the content creator medal. And if you um, submitted an entry into the fan art contest, you can try to get a fan art participant medal. And that's about it. I want to say one more thing. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but you know, Mike's planning theme parks. You know, Mike is actually working with Channel Fireball right now to set up the first tournament that has stages with fourth wall effects, like a big event. He's going to turn this into a spectacle. Yeah. This is going to be a wild ride for people to be in on, like going to Disney World, but you're playing a TCG surrounded by cryptids, people in cosplay, huge sets where it's snowing and lightning and there's volcanoes going off, like erupting in the middle of the room. This is going to be like nothing else we've ever seen. And he's really turning into like a Willy Wonka Disney-like character trying to make this the biggest event of a TCG, closer really to like a theme park. Mm-hmm. And he even said he wants theme parks, literally. He said eventually theme parks. And he's writing this illustrated novel, which by the way, there's going to be illustrated novels available on Amazon Prime Uh, moving forward because they can get them shipped out way faster and there's going to be i think it's like every month or every couple weeks they're going to be putting up a new comic yeah he's going to be putting out chapters um every few weeks that's the goal Uh, starting in october we will seek to put out a chapter of the metazoo illustrated story every one to two weeks to help streamline this process, starting with chapter free, three, all MetaZoo illustrated story chapters will be sent to Amazon warehouses and fulfilled by their team. This means a one to three day turnaround. So there you have it. Check MetaZoo. Keep an eye on that uh, on Amazon. And uh, hopefully you can secure some of the illustrated novels because he has a 20 year plan for these guys. He's going to be yeah. releasing these all year round in between the sets. And when he was asked 
what really the main IP of MetaZoo is. He said it's the illustrated novel. He it's says it right here as well in this paragraph. He says the MetaZoo illustrated story is the driving force of our IP. So we want to get it to you as efficiently as possible. Yeah, this is a this is a big part of it. I think right now the um, the illustrated novel is slightly overlooked. Us comic book fans are like grabbing it and reading it, of course, because we want to know the lore. Um, but this is going to grow. This is going to get bigger and bigger. And when there starts to be a series and a movie and a video game and all these things that we know is going to be coming, the, the illustrated novel is going to be so key in all of that. And under, and knowing it, knowing the lore and having your own, you know, is going to be pretty important. These things are going to be super collectible. Yeah. And he also has a 20 year arc for the story that coincides with the set release. Right. So as we read the illustrated novel, we'll be getting clues on what's upcoming in the Metasu TCG. Right. This is actually going to narrate the world. The lore is going to tie directly into the set releases over 20 years. And Mike is writing all of this by himself. He plans on making a Marvel like illustrated novel world that 20 years he ushers it he cares for it he babies it he gets it right where he wants and then after 20 years he'll retire at like 52 53 and he may then hand off the writing to the fans or to the people along the way that he's met but he's really gonna be the main director the main driver of this story and he stated that very clearly even louis in one interview was like hey what if you got some fans to write it and he basically said in 20 years Mm -hmm. Like, sure, there'll be fan art, there'll be like alternate like lore, people be creating stuff, but he's not going to hand over the steering wheel of the comic or the company for 20 years. Right. Right. Yeah, he's got a vision for it. And then he said it would be a great time to like become like an owner. I mean, not an owner, uh, some type of like oversee, like basically take right. a back seat, but still oversee everything. He definitely has also said he wants to make something that other people can run with. So although he's going to be running the steering wheel, he definitely wants to see other people's ideas, their fan stories, their own characters, you know, all this type of stuff. He definitely wants to see other people run with the world as well. He's just going to keep running the he's going to be the headmaster of where the story goes and where all this stuff is headed but you know metazoo is one of the one of the things i love about metazoo is how much fan interaction he asks for and really really like appreciates it's awesome from art to storytelling to everything i mean like all of these artists are so cool and they're such chill people and they're all so excited to be a part of this it's it's just awesome it's awesome to see where this is headed and this nightfall set is going to be completely insane. I think in terms of like gameplay mechanics, they have a lot of metazoologists who are very proud of this thing. They've worked very hard on it. And the first set, you know, it's got its, it's got its holes for sure. There's a, there were, there's not just errata on the cards that need to be corrected, but there's holes in the mechanics. And, um, I'm excited to see once we get into nightfall, how much more, uh, access to gameplay we have just how many more things because they're going to mike already said they're going to go wide meaning they're going to keep introducing more mechanics more new things for us to mess with we know we're getting dusk and dawn as terra effects i'm sure there's going to be a lot more terra effects too do you want to go into any of the nightfall spoilers or should we say that for another video and talk about some of these kickstarters that yeah let's save the nightfall spoilers for another video and then we can talk about other tcgs that we're looking at right now so here's what happened guys um over the past year i got into a number of tcgs uh really started with flesh and blood it reignited something in me we've always been into magic the gathering um 
then I started checking out like MetaZoo and I even got into this final redemption thing for a second, which was a failed TCG. Um, oh, I guess it's not available to see anymore because it failed. Mm-hmm. I was going to show you guys the failed TCG. It was just a oh, Kickstarter yeah. that didn't look like you should invest in it. Yet there were 70,000 or 100,000, some large amount of money was poured into this. It ended up crumbling and failing. It was not fulfilled the creator had to cancel it on the last day, which yeah. that's just, it's sad, it's shitty, but um, it, it it didn't have legs. You could tell. Johnny and I, we talked about it, my bro and I, and I said, I'm going to put money behind this, but I don't believe in it. And of course he said, then don't put money behind it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just wanted to see what happened because it was like this weird, uh, like Dogecoin situation. Right. Um, now with that said, fuck Final Redemption. I mean, sorry, dude, that sucks that your thing didn't, just forget about it for now. Let's talk about the one that exploded. That is very similar to what happened with uh, MetaZoo. It, it has a, a similar vibe, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's it's kind of going for the Neopets, Yu-Gi-Oh side, where I think MetaZoo is a little more committed to the Pokemon look, early Pokemon look. This is, D-Spirits is doing a little more of like a modern, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh, Neopets, something like that. Digimon a little bit. I absolutely think it's adorable. And what what's really cool about this game is like, this is another game the guy's been working on for a long time. He himself is a big fan of a lot of TCGs. So this isn't just like a cold robot who stepped into the TCG world and was like, I'm going to make a successful TCG. This is a guy who really actually has wanted to do this for a long time, has this, been working on this for a long time. This guy, his name's Sterling, by the way. Sterling, He yeah. does the art. So yep. at this point, he's probably hiring artists to help him. He is. But he was the original art designer, artist for everything you see. He made all these characters, and I love their eyes. Mm-hmm. That Every single character has such unique eyes. Um, this is basically like straight up like Sonic, almost like old school Mickey Mouse, but in a goblin, gremlin. Mm-hmm. What is he? Neffel? Neffel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're excited about this. It's a little cuter than MetaZoo, although I have seen some of the latest art from the new artist he's been hiring and it has been looking edgier, which I like. Yep. Um, they redesigned their cards. I wasn't a big fan of their original design with the grids in the background, but uh, they're doing really interesting things. They've, yeah. they've updated it. It looks tighter, flashier, more fun, uh, a little more edgy. And I think that's really a big part of what counts for me when I'm looking at a TCG and trying to, you know, should I invest in this? Should I get into this? What kind of decisions are, are the owner making, you know, creatively. And with this game, every decision that Sterling has made so far has improved the game and has actually surprised me. Like he redesigned his cards. He's doing even more since this, like he's done this design, which is awesome. But now that he crossed like 300 grand or something ridiculous with the Kickstarter. He's been hiring a lot of other artists. He's got some art coming in now from actual like manga studios, um, like legitimate manga studios and artists that looks crazy cool. Um, go to the actual official D spirits. Yeah. He just posted up some of this stuff recently and it's so crazy there. Go to the manga art. Okay. I haven't seen this at all yet. So, I like immediately edgier. I like dark. I want it to be dark. I like bloody. It can be cute, but I want it to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to look like that. Like this, as opposed to the grid background, this yeah. is gorgeous. The fact that the pterodactyl is like, oh gosh. Yeah, that's like my favorite one. Yeah. Reflecting comets. And then uh, this, like, I don't even know, monkey looking kid. 
This, this is killer. This is the manga artist. Look at this. So now what he's done is he's moved the grid down to the text box, but he's given us really like more of a full art style on top. By the way, we've started to play Pokemon recently. I know, late to the party. At least I am. I, I'm just getting into Pokemon now, guys. I wake up in the morning as of like a month ago and I watch Pokemon before work and we even played our first game and we're, we opened our first box together. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of fun catching up on something that I almost missed out on. Um... But the thing with Pokemon that I don't like is that their actual art box is so small. Have you noticed that? That oh, the yeah. picture is like a third of the card. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, the text box is a third of the card. And right. the picture is big and bold and bright. And I love it. So yeah. I think, oh my gosh, I didn't see these cards, man. Atlas's Bamboom. This is what I need. I need a little anger. I need a little fierceness. And then, yeah, his character designs are straight up out of Disney. Like, yeah. they're perfect. And Damien, this, is, this is the actual manga artist who's designing for a manga. Um, I mean, it's really good stuff. Yeah. They, they, it looks like stuff we grew up with. It looks like something that we are already familiar with. Just a different take. So I'm really excited about D-Spirits. We know that the Kickstarter is closed and we know it's already crazy. Like MetaZoo, people are already selling their pre-orders on eBay. Uh, I think there was like a $2,000 box of D-Spirits that, you know, sold. And originally the entire campaign to get like almost 10 boxes was only like $1,000. There you go. Yeah. Uh, $2,300. Um, Sterling did tweet about it or uh, he posted it in his stories and was like, hey, who's doing this? Like basically knock this off, like slow down. But he also said openly he can't do anything about it. He really can't. So, you know, the Kickstarter print is in. It might explode like MetaZoo. It had 10 more times the funding roughly than MetaZoo did. I think MetaZoo had like 20 or 30,000. Um, D-Spirits got somewhere between 200 and 300,000. However, the exposure was that much broader also. Right. So initially I was saying this guy's funding, he's going to be able to make so much more product. I don't think it's ever going to do what MetaZoo did because MetaZoo was so scarce, so limited with only 2,500 boxes. However, there are so many more eyes now on D spirits. I think we could see a similar trajectory and at least we already are considering that a box sold for 2,300 and the game hasn't even hit yet. Yeah. MetaZoo's boxes didn't, do, didn't go that crazy <clears throat> until they arrived. Right. And something really important, I think, to note with D-Spirits before we move on is he um, Sterling has made it clear that he wants everybody to have D-Spirits and he has the money to do a huge print run. So when he actually does like an unlimited or an official first edition print run, it's probably going to be pretty huge because he wants everybody to get it. But like we just said earlier, he also stated there's nothing he can do about the fact that the Kickstarter is going to be highly collectible. So if you're thinking about getting into D-Spirits, I, I wouldn't go hard on the actual release. Like when he starts to hit stores, I wouldn't like run out and buy a lot of D-Spirits because the chances are that's going to be a pretty fat print run. It's really this Kickstarter that... Hold it, on, hold on. I'm going to disagree with you because this is exactly what people said about MetaZoo. It was driving me insane that back in June, people were saying there's going to be so much more product with this first edition run. There's going to be 25,000 boxes. Everyone's going to be able to get it. And it got choked. But and MetaZoo now, only had 28 grand in the Kickstarter. No, I'm talking about the first edition Cryptid Nation run that had 25,000 boxes. You know, we were watching videos in June where people were saying, calm down. Everyone's going to be able to get a little bit of MetaZoo. Sure. But I'm saying I think the situation is different sheerly because of the funding. I think that 
uh, one of the things Mike brought up in early interviews was that in terms of making a much bigger print run, it's hard to convince investors to go in on a much larger print run if you can't prove you have the the audience for it essentially and so one of the reasons he was sticking to these lower print run numbers was because he was essentially trying to guarantee with investors a, a model that makes sense now with these spirits he already has 300 grand so i think if he wants to he can totally do a massive print run a little bit different than mike with um metazoo i don't think even if mike had 300 grand he would have done a large print run because mike is trying to make things highly collectible but d spirits has said he's willing to low like essentially lower the collectability of the first edition run because he wants everybody to have it pause again i gotta step in he said that he's going to do a first edition run and then he's going to do an unlimited run so he's still going to limit the mm-hmm. first edition. This is my whole point. He's not going to come out with hundreds of thousands of boxes first edition. He's going to choose a number, maybe similar to MetaZoo, since he has reflected a lot of the same things MetaZoo has, even mm-hmm. in his Kickstarter setup, saying things like he has a 20-year plan and he's got a story that in ties with all the sets and the releases. So mm-hmm. I think he's looking at Mike and MetaZoo and uh, he, he's definitely positioning himself to follow a similar success where he may only have 20,000 or 50,000. This is pure speculation, guys. We have no fucking yeah, idea. This is totally, and, and you can see we have slightly differing opinions on this. Yeah. This is what it comes down to. With, Hold on, uh, let me finish. Pardon me. I think that he's going to have a run of D spirits that's similar to MetaZoo, and we're going to see a choke point where first edition boxes do climb. I would say get in the ground floor of D spirits. Don't try to pay over retail, but those first edition boxes scoop on those. I know I will be, and I even have the Kickstarter one. I'm going to be getting the first edition boxes also. I don't care about the unlimited. Yep. Okay. So I, I, do disagree but this is what i was going to say what it comes down to is just we're going to have some differing opinions on some of these card games um personally my my impression on the d spirits model is he really wants to get this into hands and he's already made a ton of money he's already raised a ton of money so i think that the print numbers are going to be bigger than metazoo um i also don't know enough about the actual release cards to know like if there's chase cards i mean he's giving us chase cards with the kickstarter but in terms of the actual first edition i'm not sure what chase cards there will be what cards we're going to be after i don't know if this is going to work the same as metazoo where we all know we're after mothman chaos crystals and the obnoxious nine i'm just not sure yet it's not clear so i'm not willing to jump heavily into the first edition print of D spirits yet, though I'm going to keep my eye on it for now. I think the Kickstarter is a sure thing is already going up. Um, I kind of wish we could have done this episode before the Kickstarter ended, just in case you guys wanted to get in on it, because I do think that's a great opportunity, but the actual first edition, I'm still watching. I'm not exactly sure what's going to go down with D spirits. Once he starts printing. Yep. And we'll find out. I'm just, I'm going to be preparing myself to get a case or two of the first edition even though we already have the Kickstarter. That's my mindset on that because I would hate to feel like all of a sudden there's a chase card like red ink. Like what if these, you know, mm-hmm. hey, yo, is D spirits like, no, never mind. What does the D stand for in D spirits? Um, not sure. Uh, he said to me at one point, think of it as digital or like demon or something. He said something to me way early when I was talking to Sterling. This is like a couple months ago. I don't remember, but it was something like, think of it like digital or demon. Or, I, I don't, I think it's might be tied to the actual character's name of Damien. 
I think it might be this is something that like it's it's just been the name for a long time. D spirits like he's literally been making this since high school. So this might be a name that he came up with back then. Oh, I like Damien spirits. Yeah, because I said I thought it was called like soul something at one point. Like <clears throat> it was like soul spirits or uh... Uh, you can get your soul mate in the game, which is like your Pikachu. It's like your spirit that's tied to like how Ash and Pikachu are besties. It's like you can get your like bestie. Okay. D spirit. And that's your soul mate. Okay, well, let's wrap on D spirits. We'll see. We just want to let you guys know what we're looking forward to. And Sterling was kind enough to send us two decks. So we will be previewing D spirits here yep. in the month of October. We have it scheduled in. We're going to start playing it and uploading at least a video so you can just see what we see. Yep. Uh, there is another TCG I want to mention quickly. This is not a long conversation. This is just another one that we did invest in. It was a Cora. It has ended. And I just wanted you guys to be on the looks, you know, just be on the lookout. Um, my brother did not feel as strongly as I did about Akora. I mm. thought Akora was super cool with the gray and like the kind of like fluorescent colors. I thought it was also cute. Like they have these like big forms of dragons and then they have these little forms of dragons, kind of similar to Pokemon, like you're evolving your creatures. I just like the aesthetic. I thought it was kind of like old school, but also future. Um, and yeah, we, we just decided to split a tier together. We're looking forward to this game coming out, hopefully before the end of the year and giving it a test play. I don't really know how you play it. I'll, I'll need to get the cards in my hand. Uh, I have watched the videos, but I'm a little unclear. Um, so yeah, just look out for that one too. It's another hot TCG that was well-funded. Um, did they sell out like D-Spirits? No, they didn't. Mm -hmm. No, they didn't sell out. Okay. Here it is. This is what got me excited. And I think this is what got the entire world excited about Akora. This card right here, I thought was just adorable. There's a little cute kitty and a little cute dragon. And they're like wrestling like Fox and the Hound style. But they get much bigger and more badass. Right. And that's what sold me on the entire thing was that little image. And it it is interesting. And I am not... Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm underwhelmed by Akora. Like, I think Akora looks cool. <clears throat> I think Akora looks really cool. I think that they're doing a lot of things right. The The card design is unique. I've gone back and forth on how I feel about it. Um, I think some of the cards have a bit of a like gray palette that doesn't really work for me personally. But once they add hollow to it or they start to stylize the cards a little more, which they've been doing lately, like those hollows right there, I think look cool. I do. However, I still feel like the gray is a little bland and all of the cards all of them are like gray you know and it's it's okay i'm just hmm. it doesn't pull me in and there's things about the game immediately like that that don't pull me in the art it, um is very cool but is also kind of inconsistent some of the cards are really awesome that one like not so much like am i right it's cool but it's not nearly as cool as like the kage card that you were just showing right I mean, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I look, I like the dark. You get dark, you get red, you get black. You it's get not some just like, the dark, it's the composition and the actual like line quality. Well, that's, in that piece. Was, that's yeah. literally what I was saying. I'm not kidding. I like the composition. You win because you've got these edgy lines. It looks fierce. It looks dangerous. And then this one looks like pretty. Kind of dinky. A, a little, yeah. Not not as dangerous. It's a little, yeah, it's very bright. It's, it's like not final... as well in proportion as the last piece. This is me being really harsh. Yeah, we were, we're being dicks here. And by the way, we threw money at this and we yeah. can't wait to play it. Totally. So we're stoked. We're just 
We're also uh, critical of MetaZoo. We won't go into yeah. it, but we've been going around the table with Gumbaroo talk for like a week now. Yeah, there's there's definitely some holes in MetaZoo's gameplay, like I mentioned, that I'm hoping will be addressed in Nightfall. But sticking with Akora right now, it looks basically like it's operating similar to a Pokemon game where you have cards that have ability attacks um, and then you can evolve essentially your creatures with this idea of alchemy and you can bring in higher forms of them just like Pokemon. It looks cool. I'm excited to play it, but it kind of just me being honest kind of feels a little empty to where I don't know what the vision is. I don't know where it's headed. I don't know who our main characters are. I don't know if there's going to be lore stories or what. And if there are, were there stories before they made the card game or did they make the card game? And now they're like, shit, we need to make some lore. <laughs> Let's make some stories. I just don't know enough about it. So to me, it kind of feels like somebody who has played TCGs and wants to make a TCG, but maybe hasn't looked super deeply into like all the different directions that Mike has. Man, I don't know, dude. All right, fine. I mean, Mike's a super genius. You can't really compare anyone to Mike. Sure. That's like saying like, you know, Willy Wonka, Disney, Nikolai Tesla. But this kid, I think he's doing great. Uh, I don't know him personally. I think, I think so it, too. Like I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like I'm coming down on a Cora, but this is, you know, we're doing this podcast. We're giving our honest opinions. Well, yeah. And, and I definitely do feel like, um, I, I just don't know where a core is headed. Well, see, this is interesting because we had this conversation about D spirits mm -hmm. and a almost at the same time, the day that we invested in them, like a month ago, I said, I can see the audience for a Korra. It's similar to Pokemon. It's similar to magic. It's like right in between. It's like cute and cool. And D spirits was very cute at the beginning. It was more like that Neopets, like, like Disney, mm -hmm. like Sonic, like very approachable for kids, but not really intriguing for me as an adult. However, now that D spirits has caught up with its edgier art, and that black, like darker, like manga vibe. Right. I am very excited to get the cards in my hands right now. Totally. Because I don't just build mechanically. I also build artistically. Sometimes I just get into the look of a card or a style and I want it to work. I get excited about a character. Mm -hmm. I'm not excited about a character in Akora yet. Uh, I don't know the characters, but I look forward to getting to know them. Um, we're just going to give it a try. That's really all we need to say about Akora. We just wanted you guys to know it's yeah. on our horizon. It's coming up. We'll be playing this one too. Uh, and, and if I'm giving my harsh full on opinion, I think it looks like a really cool game that I'm excited to play, but I just don't know if it has the legs of MetaZoo right now. No, nothing does. And that that's my real point. Like Mike has baked in the cryptids. So there's an audience around the world that's going to be excited about MetaZoo, the instant they realize it's based on Bigfoot, it's right. based on injured cold, it's based on Mothman. It's I don't see that with the core. I don't see that with D Spirits, although D Spirits art is very Disneyfied, which I love. Mm. It's very much Sonic the Hedgehog. It's mm. very much something that feels familiar and it's already welcome yeah. to like be here. And every week D Spirits shows us something new. Yeah. And he Akora's doing that too. That looks awesome. Just to be fair, Akora's totally showing every single week. His updates are there. Um Anyway, I think that's pretty much it. There's one more Kickstarter we wanted to show you guys, and it's actually available right now in case you want to get into it. It's a Kickstarter called Soul Forge, made by Richard Garfield, the maker of Magic the Dragon. And also Magic the, the Dragon? It's it's also Magic, this is the second 
Magic the Gathering. There we go. It's also, this is the second Soul Forge. So the maker of a game called Soul, Soul Forge teamed up with Richard Garfield to create Soul Forge Fusion. So yeah, Soul Forge Fusion, which is like a new take on his Soul Forge game with Richard Garfield being involved now. So the $20,000 goal, they have a, almost a couple hundred thousand and there's eight days to go. So you can still get in on this if you want. It's really not that expensive. The bundle tier is only $65, which gives you the Kickstarter exclusive tin, the starter kit, uh, some dice and two premium play mats. And then you can add more booster boxes, I think for like 15 or yep. uh, 15 total booster boxes, you can add to your account. Yeah. So we did that. We got some booster boxes and we split a bundle tier. The thing about this game that's so interesting is he's having the entire game with this team of people who put it together, uh, headed by Richard Garfield. The game is going to be made by an algorithm. So you're not going to deck build per se. I mean, maybe if you want to, you can. But the idea of the game is you get a starter kit and it comes with two faction decks. One of those faction decks actually comes with four faction decks. Excuse me. One player combines two different factions that was created by an algorithm. So it's supposed to streamline the play and promise really great games. And the other player combines his decks, you play them. Then when you're done, you put those decks aside that were created by the algorithm, you buy new decks or you open new decks, and it's a new, brand new, never built before, but perfectly unique and, uh, and compatible. Am I making sense? Yeah, okay. you're making sense to me. It's, yeah, I think you're making sense to the people who are listening too. And it, it is a little confusing. Um, it's, it's a game that's going to be created by a computer. So for instance, think about like if you've played Magic, um, there's cards that have very, very similar, exactly the same, let's say, effects that have different costs and slightly different toughnesses and stuff. So, you know, you'll have a goblin who costs one that has haste and deals one damage. Then you'll have a goblin that costs two that has haste, deals two damage. You'll have a goblin that costs three, etc. Okay. They all have the same ability. It's essentially the same card, just at different strength levels. And so they're letting an algorithm do that for them. So we've already seen there's like multiple dragons, you know, at different power levels, multiple uh, warriors or whatever at different power levels. Really cool. Similar to flesh and blood. Um, I'm excited to play it. I think it is going to be really fun. I don't think Richard Garfield would be involved in a game that isn't going to be really fun to yeah. play. However, I am a little concerned with the algorithmic production because I feel like Richard Garfield being somebody who has produced the largest, one of the most successful TCGs in the world, definitely the most influential, I would say, TCG in the world, um, for him to be making a new one and for it to be algorithmic, part of my brain goes, is it because he just doesn't feel like designing all these cards? No, I just so he's like, well, you know, here's my point. And yeah. so he's like, I'll let the algorithm create all the cards that I need to have a successful game, and then I can just focus on the flavor or whatever. I but, have a strong opinion on that. Okay. I think it's that there are a lot of people who just don't build great decks and they never really get to enjoy the game sure. the way it was meant because maybe they're confused or they just didn't understand how to put the cards together to give them a real competitive chance. And in this, it says every half deck <clears throat> is algorithmically generated, which means no two half decks are the same. And the idea is that you're going to have a great game. So like, right. if you can see on the screen right now, they have the Korok faction and the Cersei faction, and it lists 
list the cards in this specific algorithmically generated deck right. that go together so you can you can break these apart in deck build if you want if you think you can build better than the algorithm right. you can break it apart and then you'll always have this deck list which comes with every single pack so you can put it back together and have that similar gameplay but if you don't want to deck build or if you don't know how or if you're just not good or not confident then this gives you a get up and go style where you can grab a pack open it fire a great game with your friend and then experience the same thing again without having to waste any time yeah. figuring out the game itself i think what richard did is richard always builds great decks because he made the game of magic so now he's giving us the opportunity to have the same type of gameplay that he experiences by getting to see through the algorithm's eyes what he sees in tcgs i i, I hear that point and i think that's a totally valid point i think it's important to note though that you can build a great deck and if somebody doesn't know how to pilot it it's not going to be a fun game for them so he, he needs to make sure that even if he is building awesome technical good decks and playing good games that this algorithm doesn't just make it feel boring or the same or too playable you know i want I it to be interesting yeah exactly we, we have to play it i'm very excited to um I think there's strength to the algorithmic thing, but I also, yes, definitely feel like he's putting it on autopilot a bit. And I'm a, and I'm concerned about an autopilot TCG. Definitely. Oh, I'm excited about an autopilot TCG. It'd be the same if somebody told, told me that they were going to let an algorithm draw all the card art. You know, I'd be like, eh. I don't know it's if okay. I'd have a problem with that. I it's might okay. like it. I trust the computers. I like the vision of the creator. I need there to be a vision of the creator. One of the reasons I trust D-Spirits is because I think he's got a vision. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm uh, questionable about Akora is I don't know if he has a long-term vision. One of the reasons I trust Mike is because I know he's got yeah, a long-term yeah. vision. So I just don't know if this is Richard Garfield being like, oh, let's make a new game um, and let's make it so that people can have good decks to play cool but then like what else is there oh i will say this the play mats are unique they have this whole lanes and i don't know exactly how this all breaks down that's why we got to get in our hands and we'll be testing that out on the channel for you guys also but your blockers and your attackers are designated in lanes. You can't just attack and block anyone. You're setting up this, uh, this front line and this back line and they interact in a unique way that I haven't seen yet. You know, yeah. we've seen the grid with other games. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, sorcery. Is that TCG even available yet? The one that's coming with the grid? I don't think it's even available right. yet. No. There'll be an upcoming TCG we want to talk to you guys about. It has magic artists. It's grid based. And, Very excited uh, about that one. Yeah. Red Zone Rogue has been talking a lot about it. We're looking forward to it. We're definitely going to throw down. We'll let you know as soon as it hits. Honestly, I think that's all we have to say for now. We went yeah. through a bunch of games. We talked a little yeah. bit about the MetaZoo news from the month. Um, we don't believe in Genesis. <laughs> Do we even need to say that? <laughs> we bought it so. though. We own Genesis, but we don't know if we like it. <laughs> we haven't played it yet and we've been waiting to learn how and like it was just no really how. not even the owner like I don't know that's so unfair I have no idea we don't know how to play it we've been waiting to learn <laughs> everyone who tries to explain it to us we end up with more questions than we have answers We're pretty sour about Genesis yeah, right and now especially because like 48 hours ago Louie who we love uh, had Assad on the owner of the game and they said that they were going to learn how to play it and you know I get it uh, TTS wasn't working but it was just a bummer to sit through a live stream for like 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. And then it said, learn to play Genesis. And we didn't learn. We were like, finally. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll give more of an opinion on Genesis after we play it. 
If we ever play it. If we ever play it. If we ever learn how to play it. If anybody ever learns how to play it. Thank you guys for listening. We're definitely going to do more of these podcasts. It's easier for us because we don't have to take the time to set up the cameras. Don't have to put our makeup on. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. Hope you enjoyed it.